Shall we go? I think we should. Do this. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, can we can we remember how to do this? Oh, let's hope. It's it's been a while. Hello, I'm Simon Mercip, and welcome to Crave. This is the webcast and podcast dedicated to all manner of entertainment, but mainly music and film. And Steve, it's nice to be back. We haven't done this for a while, have it's, we? It's, it's, things have been going on lately, haven't they? Yes. The world has rather been preoccupied. Things things have been happening, yes. But since down here in, in Aotearoa, we are fortunate enough that, 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 that life is coming back back is things are happening again and so yes so we've got a, a number of things to talk about in our podcast webcast today we're going to start with a couple of crime dramas yes um one is local one is british both based on actual crimes both very much captured the public attention that's that's our first order of business it is indeed isn't it yes um so so that, that's gonna be um well the local one is gonna be black hands yep about the the possibly but we're not certain about this murderer, David Bain. Um, and then the important one is about the definitely, unequivocally, serial killer, uh, Dennis Nielsen from, from Scotland. Okay. Um, the We have to say, to cover ourselves legally, the acquitted, yes. um, alleged murderer, um, yes. David Bain. Definitely didn't do it. If you were, I mean, he, he watches, doesn't he? Yeah, he might, or his family yeah. might. Um, no, also the... mate, no, his family definitely don't <laughs> think about that for a second. Other, other wider family members. Thank anyway, you very much. anyway. Yes. Um, also this week, Steve's had a look at the the second coming of this character called Borat. Oh yes. Um, the cinematic creation of Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Uh, it's made a few headlines around the world. It the question is, been. Steve, is it any good? And, and, and we'll move on from that very quickly <laughs> um, to to um, the other. Yes. Very very um, belated reappearance. Um, up and coming artist, but then was Springsteen. <laughs> And we'll ask, be asking you, Simon, the same question. The new album, is it any good? I shall tell you. I shall uh, tell I you. I can't wait to find yes, out. And we'll have a word or two, won't we, about uh, two other local acts. Yes. Dave Dobbin and... The Beths. The Beths. Because we have live music in this country. We do. Excellent. Because we're special. Like but that. let's start with these two new, newish crime dramas. The first yes. one, Steve, is, as you said, it's a, the, the story of the murders of the Bain family in Dunedin. 1994, um, probably one of the most, maybe the most uh, talked about crimes in this country in modern times. Um, it's a crime that divided the country yes. over whether it was a case of um, the father, Robin Bain, who did he kill four members of his family and spare his son, David? Or we debated, was it David who killed um, his entire f immediate family and tried to frame his father, Robin. Mm. David was convicted, went to prison, later um, acquitted after a second trial. And that's a legally... Lot, a lot later. A lot later. 15 years. Yeah. Wasn't it? So for all those years, yeah. this story um, divided opinion in this country. So along on TV One, um, as we record this podcast, we've, the first episode only has been broadcast yes. on TV One, the series called Black Hands. Um, just starting off as just a, a piece of drama, and that's uh, how you have to address it to begin with. Obviously. Yeah, what, yeah. What did you make of it? Um, it's it's interesting, but it's slow. Okay. I know. I think there's six episodes planned, mm -hmm. and and they're, they're they're taking their time. They're developing the backstory of um, a rather complicated family, where the, the, there's there's a a somewhat one dimensionally matriarchal mother who's got things going on that, that I'm assuming will be explained 
in terms of her 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 insistence that her family is being um, influenced by Satan, for example. I'm assuming we'll learn about where that all came from. Um, but then you've, you've you've got this and the thing about the the dad, Robin's his name, yeah, who who lives out in the caravan outside, um, who's been exiled from the house, and and none of this is explained yet. We've given this scenario of this somewhat peculiar family. Um, the acting varies from, as you were mentioning to me before, um, the, the mother, Margaret, played by Luanne Gordon, she's a little bit one-note dotty. Well, she's, it's a very, she presents as a quite batty, to, let's, be, let's be honest about yes, it. Yeah. We, we don't know much about it in the way it's been presented so far, and it's only been one episode, yes. but nevertheless, right out of the gate, we're presented with a pretty a loony character. Very definitely, yes. uh, And the rest of the family struggling to figure out what, how to handle her. That yes. Seems, yeah. in, in particular, Robin, yes. played by Joel Tobeck, yep. who, who is struggling very, very hard to cope with, with a marriage that he's being blamed for the collapse of. So, so that, that's the scenario we have. And so this was, if this was simply presented as a drama without the historical context, how would you view it? Well, like I say, it's slow. It's 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 developing its characters. It's taking its time. Okay, but here's the interesting thing about this, and it's it's really good that you and I are talking about this because you, as a relatively new New Zealander, yes. I think you arrived in this country in two thousand and oh nine. Oh nine. So this was just as the appeal was going exactly. through. That was news. That was so. Whereas I, having been here longer, grew up. It was here during the time from the original crime, which was 1994. Right, So right. for those of us who were in this country for all that period, we've read a lot about this. Yes. We had it reported. There have been books. What you are just starting to find out about, many of us have known about for a long time. Right. And so I found this a reasonably well-put-together story. Yep. It's got a very experienced producer, um, um, who's uh, Robin Scholes, who's put it together. Yes. She's... Uh, well, very well thought of, and, and rightly so. The question I had watching this was, why am I watching this? Why has it been done? And that's the question that's coming to my mind. As soon as you said, this is something we're all very, very familiar with, well, my first question is going to be, well, what new are they bringing? Well, that is the rub, because reading a bit of the background to this story, um, the producers have apparently and reportedly quite deliberately set out to tell you something about the family itself, how dysfunctional it was, but they are not setting out to give you a steer in any direction as to who committed the crime. Now, it's gone through the courts and maybe they are legally hamstrung in that. Yes. But um, I guess my issue was, I know a lot of this stuff. Yes. What I want to know is something new or that I haven't heard before that might help me uncover the mystery because it although David Bain has been acquitted no one's been no one has now been convicted of these murders so it remains a mystery you could say and it's unf it's quite unfair of me to say this because it's not it's not for a drama you could say to do that the yeah. drama is a drama so Steve the thing is you know really it's unfair of a reviewer to criticize um, a drama on those grounds yeah but watching it that I'm telling you truthfully, that was the yeah. feeling I had was, I don't want to see a drama. Yeah. I want a documentary. I want a piece of journalism that might actually advance the story because we kind of know all this stuff already. Well, there's a couple of thoughts come to mind there. I mean, first of all, yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible to have this drama 
in, in isolation, it has a context. Mm. It was made because of that context. And so and so you can't simply see it as, as a standalone drama. Mm. Oh, look, looks on telly. It's a thing about a possible killer. Yes. Let's watch it. No. Mm. Most people in New Zealand who are going to be watching it, even someone like me who, who arrived in New Zealand during David Bain's... Um, second trial. Second trial during his appeal process. Mm. Even people like me are going to know enough of the background. Anybody who watches that programme is not going to be coming in cold, let's no, face no, it. No, they won't. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and, and, and I'm going to have to ask you to be a bit, bit soul-searchy here. Okay. You are a journalist. Yes. You, 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 you do have more of the inquiring mind than, than, let's say, the next person watching it. Are you, are you certain that that's a common experience? Do you think that most Kiwis will be as familiar as you are, to be um. fair? I can't say that. No. no. This is my personal view. I right. think there'll be many who will be familiar and there'll be some who will have forgotten and some who didn't pay attention. There'll be right. lots of new New Zealanders, young ones and immigrants yeah. and who, who will find it interesting. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so this is a very much a personal view, but it, um, here's the thing about it. I was thinking of another example of a, of a piece of drama like this. There's yeah. a British director, Paul Greengrass. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did a film, a dramatic mm. film about called United 93. Oh, right, yes. About the passengers on board, one of the planes that was meant to strike America during 9-11. This was the one that apparently the passengers brought down and it landed in a field. Yes. Um, He presented a film where we all knew what the outcome was going to be, Mm -hmm. but it was gripping. Yes. He managed to find the drama in it. Right. There are many, many words one would apply to Black Hands. Yes. Gripping, Well, not at the top of the the list. Well, I... And to be fair, it's only had one of the six episodes, and yeah. it may, if if I, if we allow it, it, it to, if you want to keep watching it, maybe it will get gripping. But it, it um, at the back of my mind, I'm still have this feeling of it, um, I want to see something else. I want to see a doco documentary. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, there's possibly an absolutely brilliant program to be made that's that's sort of a an amalgam of the two. Now, obviously, I'm not a producer, not a director. I'm not the man to be st- commenting on this, but I could envisage a program that is that is done as a combination of reconstruction and and documentary. Yeah. But I do th- I do think that probably um, there's lawyers involved who uh, would yeah who definitely said you need to tread very very carefully. Undoubtedly, they did because you have got a living person who has been acquitted of these murders. Absolutely, but. And I think I'm safe to say this is viewed with suspicion. I think I'm, be, I'm being delicate uh, here. Yeah, I think you could. Well, the the fact is, the country was divided over this. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and the trials and the, it didn't necessarily remove that debate. No. So the deba- I'm sure the debate still carries on. Yes. And, I, and and in the few days since this was broadcast, talking to people, we still argue about it. Right. Yes. So um, that remains, I think. And it's, uh, it's not answered any questions, no, has it? No. no. Anyway. On the other hand... On the other hand, we've got another example of a true-life crime drama. More yeah. One from your neck of the woods originally, anyway. Yeah, in fact, I, I actually re- re- kind of remember this from when I was living in England back in the 80s. And this one, we're on much safer legal ground here, because your man was... Well, I mean, he confessed. Yes. In one of the first scenes in the first episode, <laughs> yes. he confessed. And he was quite upfront about it. So this, this is Dez. Uh, the story of Dennis Nielsen, played um, basically David Tennant um, playing the role that I think his entire career has kind of been building up to, <laughs> um, as, as Dennis Nielsen, a, a a Scottish loner in London who um, befriends the 
the isolated, fetches him back to his flat, kills him, and then keeps him in his flat for a few days to keep him company. And and he, he I mean, like I say, he's he confessed, he's been convicted. It's all very, very clear legally, we can say out straight ahead. I mean, the man's a serial killer. There's there's, there's no legal tap dancing to be done here, which makes it a lot easier to talk about. And it does. And probably makes it an awful lot easier to film as well. Yes, the writing of the story, yes. perhaps. And, in some, and I think maybe that's one of the one of the great um, achievements of this series is that the facts are established. It's not a case of who done it, but no. they find the drama in why he did it and in the, first of all, in can they find all his victims? That becomes the early part of the, the mystery and, yes. and the drama. And then it moves into later into can they, was he in his right mind when he did it? And that becomes the, 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 yes. the central question as the, the series gets into the trial. Yes. So a great example of a, a true life drama which maintains a, a, a thrilling aspect to it, I yeah. thought. And I think part, one of the advantages they had, like we say, is they, they could start off on very, very sound legal ground yeah. saying, yeah, we know he did it. Yep. And so let's explore that. Yeah. Um, you've got, first of all, three episodes instead of six, which I maintain makes a difference. You know, you talk about Paul Greengrass's film being um, gripping. Yeah. And when you've got a much more compressed uh, timeline to work on, you're going to have to cram things in. You haven't got the luxury of spinning things out. So, I mean, it's, this is hardly a spoiler because it's the first scene. <laughs> yes. It opens with, with him basically confessing to the police that the... the, the um, the human remains found in the blockage in the flat that he called a plumber in for um, were, be, were there because he put them there. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it starts off, it's nailed its close to the mast. Mm. In the, in, I mean, Black Hands does something similar if you think about it. Mm. It, it starts off with... The crime. With the crime, with, with David phoning it into the police and the yes. police coming out and discovering all the bodies in the house. Uh, and then it starts doing essentially one very, very long flashback. Yeah, yeah. But whereas Desi's done to totally linear... But it starts off with him confessing. Yes. It starts with the crime. Yes. And then works from there. But you've got... I mean, let, let's be clear about this. Without David Tennant... And also, I'm looking at my uh, IMDb here for some names. Uh, DCI Peter J, the, the copper who investigated him, played by Daniel Mays. Yes. Those two together are absolutely brilliant, I would suggest. I agree. And I think actually there's... I think there's three brilliant uh, acting performances. Yeah. I also think the biographer, Brian Masters, played by Jason Watkins... Yes, he's fantastic. I found him compelling as well. And I think that's a very clever piece of writing that they... Um, they don't overexpose you to the David Tennant character in a yes. way. Um, as they also did with Hannibal Lecter in those films, or the, you know, yeah. in the first Silence of the Lambs film. He's uh, And so you have this other... The interplay between the copper... The, the biographer, the writer, and the cr the mm, criminal. I thought yeah. that that was really well constructed. It is all well acted, and I think the the great um, the the wonderful thing that David Tennant did is he took a person who was undoubtedly a twisted, um, awful criminal um, of of the most severe kind. Yeah. But somehow, every now and then, you'd feel just a little bit. I wouldn't say sympathy, but he no. was—he was almost like struggling to under. He wanted the courts to help expose himself yes. why he did it, explain it, because he knew he did it, but he didn't necessarily understand it. But I mean, if you, if you think back to you know the, the way he played Doctor Who, yes, um, was was an almost you know spittle flying, slightly manic character. 
And and the temptation must have been there to do something mm. a little bit similar, to do a, a completely wide-eyed, I'm mad, me, I'm crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and it, the temptation must have been there. But he dials it back and he finds so much more nuance in it. Yes. And that, that's probably the strength of it. I mean, did you see uh, Mary Queen of Scots? Yes. And he played, now what was then the Scottish preacher in that? Yes, he did. I and, remember that. Yes. And again, there was that, that sort of that wide-eyed manic thing mm. going on. And, and again, he managed to sort of step back from that mm. and do a bit more of a something more restrained. Yeah, uh, a little bit in a way. I, I was, it's on the opposite side of the law, but I, I kept thinking a little bit of his character in Broadchurch. Oh, right, yeah. Where he was a detective, but he was a troubled detective. Yes. And I think he's quite a good actor at... at um, letting you know not all as well yes because <laughs> obviously in this, this character that wasn't too hard but yes. um, now I, I found it a very compelling three-part drama yeah. I, I we followed it um, with great interest all the way through oh yeah uh, highly recommended yeah I mean one, one thing to be aware um, you may need subtitles oh, okay yes true yeah the, the certain scenes <laughs> in particular where um, where the, the biography Brian Masters played fantastically isn't it, by Jason Watkins. He's brilliant. He's very good. Harold Wilson in The Crown. He's oh. a fantastic actor. Uh, and he's interviewing him. And 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 um, Tennant's Nielsen at that point, is he's, he's kind of in control of the situation. He's sort of sitting back and he's got his cigarettes. And, and he doesn't care. And he's taking his time. But he he's full Scots. He's deep Scots. And, and I was paying attention to keep up with what he was saying. It's it's almost impenetrable in places. He he really really. I mean, there's, there's consonants getting swallowed left, right, and centre. There's, there's entire syllables that just don't quite make it out of him because he doesn't care. He's almost like he's speaking for him, speaking to himself. He's rambling for his yes, own benefits. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's almost like he's his own little interior monologue that just happens to. St- tumble out yeah that's a good way yeah that's a good way of looking at it I think it, it did feel like a, yeah, yeah he was having to address his own demons yes. the fact that there was a biography there sort of helped him yeah express them in a way but yeah, that was merely a catalyst yeah yeah and I think this is still available streaming here isn't it well, so, I've just seen it in the last few days streaming yeah. on Freeview right and it, it's definitely definitely yeah. worth a look can't and recommend boy did a lot of people smoke in those days you can barely... every scene there's someone smoking <laughs> in prison cells in prison meeting rooms, in police stations. Nations. Oh yeah, there's this fog, it's like <laughs> clouding through it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. you're right, but that's that's the detail that Such we was the times. Now, um, a few years before you arrived in this country, yes, um, a film came out. Um, that certainly got everyone talking. It was called, to give it its full title. I think, I think, we, I think we should do it just Back yes. then, the first one was called, I quote, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Absolutely. The brainchild of um, Sasha Baron Cohen. It was this outrageous, um, cringing at times, yeah. sick-making at other times, um, expose of American culture, really, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and it, we all paid attention to it. Now he's back. Borat subsequent movie film. Which is a great title. Delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. You've seen it. I haven't. Should I? Well, I, I think you, you are possibly the smarter of the two of us at this point. <laughs> you saw the first one, I I did. Did you like it? Parts. Right. Parts I hated. Yep. Parts I was um, sickeningly drawn to. Yep. Sometimes I laughed and I, sometimes I cringed. Um, but it, I could see what he was doing, yeah. uh, and it 
it mostly worked. Yeah. But I think I only watched it watched it once. Yeah, me too. Watch, yeah. Never went never went back for a second yeah. time. Yeah. Because you knew it was coming too much. Yeah. So so the big problem is right, as as is evidenced in in one of the, some of the earlier scenes when he arrives in the US, mm. um, people are greeting him on the streets as Borat. Right. So people know now. So yes. so, so you can't quite do the same um, the same bit of you know it's like this. Um, slightly eccentric yeah. interviewer who who gets to play to milk people's um, ignorance and stupidity. So, so unfortunately, that device is no longer available to no. him for the most part. And so the new the new um, bit that he's using, the new little conceit, is um, uh, an actress named I want to get her name right here, Maria Bakalova, mm-hmm. um, plays Tutar Sagdieva, who is supposedly Borat's fifteen year old daughter. Right. And this is the prodigious bribe. And he's supposed to be taking um, Tutar to, I can't even remember which one, I think it's meant to be Mike Pence. And he's supposed to be delivering his daughter to, to Pence as a bribe, and that's going to stick. <laughs> and so as a result, he because people are wise now to the character of Borat, yes. she's kind of the, um, the, the stand-in. Right. The proxy for him. Right. Um, okay. And that's yep. kind of how they play that a little bit. And and the problem is, there's just not as many opportunities. You haven't got those jaw-dropping moments where you get people singing, throw the Jew down the well. There's very, very few moments where he gets to play that one. Um, unfortunately, there's, a, there's, a, there's one or two very, very briefly. Okay. Uh, now, I mean, obviously, the, the anti-Semitism aspect of it is fantastic, given that A, he's Jewish himself. Right. And B... When he's speaking a foreign language, now I don't know what language uh, Bakalova was speaking. She's Bulgarian. Right. He was speaking Hebrew. Ah. Okay. As, as he was in the original film as well, um, and, and obviously the people who are buying into his his fake anti-Semitism are obviously such mm. bigots that they don't even realise, you know, that what's be what's being done. None of that happens in this time. There's very very few scenes that actually land as a result. Okay. It's very very slow and plodding. There are there's the occasional gag. It just doesn't work anymore. What I have heard about it was the, the, the headlines that came out, particularly about the former mayor of New York and now Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani and a scene where he allegedly is putting his hand down his pants while the, the, the young girl is in his, his room. Well, there's absolutely no allegedly about it. He, he undeniably did. does put his, his hand down the front of his trousers right. while lying flat on his back on, on a hotel bed. Right. Well, that 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 made headlines around the world. Well, of course, it did. Um, which, of course, um, um, Sasha Baron Cohen would have been delighted about. Um, but is that so? But that made me think. Oh, it's going to be lots more scenes yeah. like that. But well, that's it. That's one of the very last scenes in the film. Okay. Right at the very end, um, it's nowhere near as sensational as it's made out to be. Okay. No, I mean, to to hear to hear the descriptions of it, you're expecting that basically he was you know full on masturbating in front of mm. a camera. Um, no, he didn't. I mean, his, his hand goes down his trousers very briefly and comes back out again. His excuse was he was tucking his shirt back in. Right. And it's plausible. Okay. But the reality is that, as far as we're aware, he was under the impression that he was in his hotel suite with a 15-year-old journalist from Kazakhstan. Um, was the camera rolling? Well, at this point, it's, it's, it's a little bit unclear. Uh, uh, by the time they're in the ho- in the bedroom, it's not quite clear if that's a visible camera. But certainly, while he's on camera doing an interview, he invites her back to the bedroom. Okay. And she's fifteen, in in this world. Right. And he invites her into the bedroom. He takes her microphone off her, which is 
possibly a little, a little bit more intimate than is entirely yes. appropriate yes. for a 60-some, whatever he is, year old man and a 15-year-old girl. Yes. In a hotel bedroom. Absolutely. And, and so the thing is, you get that's the one place where you get the shock value. But even that, it, it's so fast and so quickly done. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was coming, because as you say, I mean, you know, yeah. So the, the 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 there's there's a lot of okay. Well, I my view of this was um, based on that and based also that I thought his more recent films haven't been that good. I saw he did one called Grimsby, which I thought was um, awful, yeah. uh, and there was one before that which wasn't that crash hot either. So I'm I'm not inclined to go see this. I'm afraid. Well, see, I, I mean, here's the thing. I watched Grimsby and loved it because I'm I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm English and I'm also 14 years old. Oh, okay. So I howled with laughter all the <laughs> okay. way through it, and I still thought that this was weak. <laughs> okay. Even, even somebody who is clearly the target audience for for this level of juvenile and puerile Look, humor. it would be boring if we agreed on the same thing. Yeah. But, but like I say, it, I mean, even someone who should have lapped this up. <laughs> no. Having said that. Um, Another one of his earlier films, I mean, this, uh, this is going back to shortly after the first Borat film, mm. Bruno. Right. It's one of the very few films I've ever actually walked out of the cinema on. Okay. I thought that was absolutely foul. Okay, um, there you are. I actually got my money back from the cinema. On <laughs> Did the you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I, I actually went to the box office and said, mate, that was so bad, you need to give me, give me a refund. And they did. They did? They did. I mean, only about, was it in this country? Or? No, this was back in Florida. Wow. We were only about 20 minutes in. Oh, okay. Uh, but I said, no, this is, this is execrable. Okay. And, and obviously, this being Florida, somebody had to get a dictionary and look up the word excrement first. But once they oh. realised... Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that. So what else is new? Well, funny you should ask me that, Steve. Is there any music that we might have been listening to recently, Simon? Well, as it happens... Any, any up and coming new artists? Well, yes, someone who's just snuck in under the radar. Go on, yeah. <laughs> One Mr. Springsteen has returned. Bruce is back. Bruce is back. Um, he, like the rest of us, have been in lockdown. Yes. Um, but just before the American lockdown, uh, I think it would have been yeah last winter, their last northern winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he got the East Street, East Street Band back together in his farmhouse studio in New Jersey. Right. And over a f- just a few days, they recorded this album called Letter to You. Wow. Um, just a few days? Just a few days. Wow, it okay. was, um, they just did it, I think, literally three or four, five days. Um, a lot of the songs are recorded sort of as live, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, mixing done afterwards, but mm. the performances are pretty much as live. The songs were, I think, written, most of them, quite quickly. Right. Um, and this is the full East Street sound band, the far cry from the previous a record called Western Stars, which was much more that sixties, very pared back, wasn't very it? Yeah. pared back and groovy sort yeah. of um, um, loungy sort of music. Yeah. This is um, a rocking East Street band. It's a very different record. Isn't it is. It? Yeah. Um, I had heard a couple of the um, singles come out and were released ahead. The, the title track "Letter to You" and another song called "Ghosts." Yeah, um, I thought both were quite, quite strong rockers. Um, quite catchy. Um, um, the whole album, I needed to give myself two or three listens to just yeah. get my head around it. Um, I have ended up enjoying it. That's you won't good. be surprised to hear me say that. Well, no, no, not, but, necess- not necessarily. I'll, I'll come to why not. Yeah, but I, I think what I, I do like it. I think that first of all, the band sounds good. Yeah, his voice is. He he was seventy when he recorded this. The voice is still good. Um, well, I mean, quite frankly, it's not changed since he was about 25. Yeah, no, the voice is still there. Oh, yeah. Um, the themes of it, because um, he's, he's 
you know, he's in his 70s now. There's a lot more about aging and, and um, looking death in the face. Um, some of the songs are about people who he knows who've died. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's not done in a morbid way, I didn't yeah. think. Um, so I, I, his language, you're familiar with his phrases and yes. his language. That there's nothing that's surprising there. One of the surprises of this, and I, it's worth just mentioning, is he did release on this album three songs he wrote very early in his career. Oh, yeah. Um, which were never released on an album. Oh, okay. This is the songs, um, uh, Janie's got a, uh, Janie has got a gun, um, uh, Song for Orphans, and If I Was the Priest. And Janie needs a shooter. I beg your pardon. Janie needs a shooter. Janie's got a gun. Was an Aerosmith song. That's, yes, I've got the wrong one. Yeah, Janie so needs I, I, a shooter. I this is about, about that, yes. 72, 73, This right. song. Um, I the, so these songs take you back to the the days when he was at the time compared to a bit of a Dylan. Oh yeah. His songs were full of words. Um, yeah. and, and musically, if I was a priest in particular, and maybe a song for orphans sound a bit like Dylan in a way. Yeah. Um, so if I was a priest, I thought was a fantastic track um long but just um dramatic yeah. and he, he belts it out like his life depends on it and um i thought it was a really strong track um some po- some political lines as he often does mm-hmm. the criminal clown has stolen the crown he steals what he can never own mm-hmm. might perhaps be mr trump no, um, no surely not. No. sometimes folks need to believe in something so bad they'll hire a rainmaker Mm-hmm. Um, another Trumpian reference. So this, he still has that. It's not overt, but it's there. Yeah. Um, so I thought overall, st- a strong album. Um, I enjoyed it more as I listened to it. It's, it probably hasn't got a song with it that's going to set the world on fire like no. some of his other ones. Um, but probably in the last several years, that's not what he's necessarily setting out to do. Um, yeah, but that's my thoughts. Yours? Well, it's number, what, 25-ish by now, isn't oh, it? something like that. Yeah. In the 20s in terms of yeah. studio albums. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he made his millions, basically, <laughs> by the time he'd done um, Born in the USA. Correct. And and that's it. So basically, you've, you've got a man who's, who's clearly a prodigious songwriter, uh, a very talented uh, songwriter and singer, who basically is now making the records he wants to make. Yes. Which is a lovely place in your life to be, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, so he's, he's making this as much for himself as for anybody else, which yeah. is nice. But the sense I got was was there was never a sense of any new ground being broken. And to be fair, when you're 70 years old and you're on your mm. two dozen or whatever it might be album, mm. that's not really to, um, to be a great surprise. Nothing no. Nothing to be shocked about that. No. But to be fair, if you're going to do essentially a Bruce Springsteen tribute album, Mm. nobody in the world is ever going to do it better <laughs> than Bruce Springsteen. Yes. And and yes, it is Springsteen by the numbers. Absolutely, of course it is. It's always yeah. going to be. But it it was... And I, and I do not mean this as a complaint or a criticism. No, no, you say what you like. It's, it was, it, in some ways, it, it's the musical... Equi- or the, the, the rock equivalent of putting a comfy cardigan on. You know exactly what, it's gonna, what you're going to get. Mm. It's not going to challenge you. It's not going to stretch you. But you're going to feel very comfortable. You're going to feel very familiar, and it's going to feel good. Okay, I'll I'll just take that and nuance it a little bit. I thought you might. <laughs> thought you might. Sir. Go I, on. I mean, I get, I get what you're coming from. What I would say is one of the reasons I think people like me have liked his music for so long. Yeah. And I first latched onto his music when I was 18. Yeah. Um, is what I perceive to be the commitment he brings to the song. Oh yeah. And the performance of it. Oh yeah. And so it, it is a Springsteen album, but yeah. a Springsteen album is an album where someone is singing as if the songs mean something to him. Yeah. 
I don't think that's changed. To me, when no. I heard that voice, I thought, you're not going through the numbers. I mean, I, I know it's familiar because I've heard it so many times before, but it doesn't. It didn't sound like I'm doing this because I have nothing else to do or no. I'm bored or anything no, like that. No, 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 that's not, that's not at all. I mean, no, 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 I know no. that's what you mean. No, I just, uh, yeah. no, I mean, like, like I say, he's making the records he wants. Yes. And he clearly wants to make records. Yes. Uh, otherwise, he'd be he'd be repainting his barn or something but he's not but he's not make, I mean this, this is not um, was it the ballad of Tom Joda it was called yeah yeah yeah. yeah. we're not the breaking ghost, the ghost of Tom Joda that's the one sorry yeah. yeah we're not breaking any new ground like that no, no this, we're not. this is he's staying he, he's found out where 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 does he Bruce best and okay well and, yeah I mean I what I would okay I, but why not yeah but I mean I would say that the, 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 the album directly before this yeah was actually quite different. Yes, it was. So he does occasionally go out and do yeah. different, go in different directions. But he, in this one, he's just come back to the band, yeah. and he wanted to do a rock band album. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I get the point. But if, but if he is just brucing as Bruce does best, hmm. he's earned the right to do that. He certainly I has. Think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I in my review on CravePodcast.com, the yeah. um, website that you and I produced, Indeed. Um, I made the point that in normal times, this I suspect this would have been an album he would have taken out on the road and toured. Oh, more than likely, uh, yes. But we can't do that at the moment, so um, you're just going to have to sort of rely on listening to this for the time being. But look, yes. I think I think it sits very well with other recent albums of his. Um, I get the feeling he still wants to keep on making them. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly he's still got the fire in him. Yeah, yeah. So... All power to him. Absolutely, why not? Yeah. Now, speaking I mean, of, let me put it this way: if I could make a record that good, I'd be awfully <laughs> bloody proud of it. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Of that, now, no doubt. There's a light on yonder mountain, and it's calling me to shine. There's a girl or by the water fountain, and she's asking to. And Jesus is standing in a doorway In a buckskin jacket, boots and spurs so fine Says we need your son tonight up in Dodge City Cause there's just too many outlaws trying to work the same line You have caught some live music of late, yes, including from a local musician who may not quite have been around as long as Bruce Springsteen, but actually he's probably not far off. Um, Dave Dobbin has been on the New yes. Zealand scene certainly since the seventies. Yes, um, you saw him not long ago, just a few days ago. It was uh, on Sunday night, so less yeah. than a week ago. Yes, and and there, there were two thoughts that struck me when I when I got to Spark Arena. One is, yeah, it'd be nice to see Dave Dobbin. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, I've seen him once or twice before, and he's he's, he's a again. A, a cozy sweater of a musical act, <laughs> of, a, of a musical act, but so it's just nice to be going to concerts. Yeah, true, true. Now, now, the, I mean, I also saw the Beths last night at the Town Hall in Auckland, and and it occurs to me that, that for the time being, uh, Kiwi acts in New Zealand have got it made. Mm. There's suddenly no international competition whatsoever, and you've got you've got a country full of people who are desperate to see live music because we haven't seen any since February. Yes. Um, prior to this, Elton John was the last concert I was at. So we're going back a fair old bit there. So it was, it was lovely to be there, but um, he still had to deliver the goods. Like so, you know, like, mm. just, like, just like Bruce Springsteen did. Yeah, he's, he's still got the, oh, look, another album from Bruce, but it still has to be good. Yes. And it's the same thing with Dave Dobbin. But 
Um, I mean, before he even came on stage, um, Millie and the Miltones were the supporting act. Okay. Millie Tabak is, um, I think she's 26 now, it's a youngish woman who is, is really uh, making a name for herself on the Kiwi music scene. Um, there's, I mean, she, she's clearly got a lot of Fleetwood Mac records in a record collection. Okay. Uh, and not in a bad way. No, okay. Because she's got a fantastic voice. Um, she's got a, an amazing band behind her. The Miltones are a really, really good supporting band, and there's there's um, strong musicianship there. But the thing that drove that more than anything else, I have never seen, seriously ever, I don't think, um, a singer who was so honestly and genuinely thrilled to be on a stage. She was loving every second of it, and and when you get that much enthusiasm from the stage. It can only serve to create really, really good feeling in the yes, audience. Yes, absolutely. And, and then the audience just wants to buy into that, and it felt good. Fantastic. And she's a lovely performer, great voice, really good songs. Um, and I felt really bad for her because Spark Arena, they'd set it up so that the, instead of the stage going in complete width of the, of, the, mm. of the venue, it sort of came out. It was a narrow, narrow stage, it was a square stage. Right. came out so people could stand on all three sides of it. They're, they're calling it the cauldron. Okay. Um, and... and I mean, there were hundreds of people there to see her. Hmm. And to begin with, at least. And I felt really bad for it because she deserved a lot more than okay. that. I mean, by the time the show was over, um, it was starting to fill up a bit more. And as I heard someone say last night uh, when I mentioned this, um, a Dave Dobbin audience possibly aren't out there looking to discover new music. Maybe not. Not so much. Yes. Um, but but those of us who were lucky enough to be there from the start, we did get a treat. She was oh, really really so good. So Millie and the Miltones. Millie and the Miltones. Millie Tabak is her Tabak. name. Okay. Is her name. Cool. But, the, but her band are Millie and the Miltones, and the, and they're plugging her new album called mm. Honest Woman. Okay. Um, I say there's a lot of Fleetwood Mac going on, and there's a bit of country. Um, it, plus there's an awful lot of just you know, her own. I mean, she's a good she's a, a songwriter in her own right. She's okay. not just simply ripping off other people here. She's good. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And so, so Mr. Dobbin himself. Mr. Dobbin himself. Um, well, I mean, what would you expect from a Dave Dobbin concert? Well, I expect um, good musicianship. Yes. Uh, he also is a guy who's got a, a very strong voice. Yeah. And I think he mostly uses it. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I, one thing I, I haven't seen so much of him in recent times, Dave, and I, I'm aware of his, the shift in his sensibility, his artistic sensibility over the years from that yep. sort of rocker that he started out to be to someone later in life, I think, embracing more of a Christian outlook on life. And yep. occasionally that came into his music. Yep. So I'm not quite sure what the sort of persona he would have presented on stage. Um, uh, so do enlighten me. Nice. Yeah, okay. He, he comes across as being just a nice bloke. Okay. Um, I mean, if, if I say it's safe, that's it. I'm damning with fame praise here, aren't I, really? Possibly. You know, this was never going to be a concert that was going to break new ground. Let's mm. be fair about this. There's a degree to which there's an awful lot of goodwill, because A, I mean, he is rock royalty in New Zealand. He is. B, we're just delighted to be back at concerts. Yeah. And so there's a bit of that going on as well, to be fair. But, um, I mean, I've, I've heard his voice compared, when he was a younger man, to even people like Springsteen a little bit, or mm. say John Mellencamp. But he's mellowed. He's a lot... He's a lot more relaxed now, but but it's what we needed. Right now, you're not necessarily looking for for groundbreaking and shaking mm. things up. You, we want a bit of stability and we want <laughs> yeah, familiarity, and that's exactly what we got. He's a bloody good performer. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's he's 
Done the, he's done the hard yards, that guy. Oh yeah, and he know he knows how to work. Because apparently, he's about, used apparently to suffer from massive stage fright. Wow. Yeah, um, and uh, nearly knocked it on the head years ago, and went back to teaching of all things. Okay. But I mean, clearly, he's he's found how to do it. He's found yeah. out, he's found out how to be Dave, and he's figured <laughs> out how to make it work for okay. him. And and it's it's good. He's, he's again, he's got a nice um, uh, band behind him. He's 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 got um, a guitarist whose name is Victoria Gillard Butcher, I believe it is. Who's mm-hmm. been playing um, with him for quite some time now, and and again, just a lovely, rich sound, everything you'd expect, all the hits. I mean, he's not got a new album to produce to, to plug. So obviously, you know, have a guess what he closed with. Ah, oh, Outlook for Thursday. No, he opened with Outlook for Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, oh well, um, coming home. That was somewhere in the middle, I believe. Okay. <laughs> but no, he's close with Slice of Heaven. Oh, okay, sorry. It's a course. Yeah. But he, 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 you know, he, he did make reference to. Um, <laughs> To the fact that you know we we all need to make the most of this because we're living on islands in the South Pacific, yeah, and he made reference to slaughtering Australians in the paddock, um, <laughs> and he, he basically he he pushed all the right buttons. Okay, and and you walked away from it going, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and it, I think you're right. It's probably what we we probably want that right now. Right now, it's yeah, we really we do. Need we do something familiar, something comfortable. Yeah, and and like I say, that it's rounding. Yeah, there you go. That'll do. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm doing the guy a disservice. And, and, and this is, like I say, very much damning with faint praise. But mm. no, it was, it felt right. Okay. How did the Beths feel? Um, oh, oh, now the Beths last night. Now this was quite something. Yeah. Um, so are you familiar with them at all? Not much, to be honest with you. I know they've been around for quite a while, I right. believe. A couple of years. Yeah. A few years, about five years, I believe. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're plugging, I think it's their second album now, actually, called Jump Rope Gazers. And now I saw them at Laneway. Right. Okay. Back in back back in the before times. Back in, in <laughs> is it is that the technical phrase? For it? The this, before times. This is this is how we this is how the, the, the history will now be divided. <laughs> there was the before times, and now one day maybe we will have the after times. We don't know, but certainly there was the before times. Okay, um, I like that. That's good. And in, in fact, oddly enough, um, I remember I was I was um, having a cup of coffee before I went to pick up my press pass for for Laneway, and I remember just looking on my phone, looking at the, the news of the day, and I remember reading about. There was some weird stuff starting to China? Some, some dodgy news coming out of Ch- some uh, town in China uh, called Wuhan, yeah. and that was the, that was the first specific recollection I have of oh this or this might be awkward was in fact so so for me Laneway was the beginning yeah. was the end of the before, before times the very end of the before times yes <laughs> okay. it was the end of innocence but <laughs> yes. um, I remember seeing the bets there and thinking yeah 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 not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and being somewhat nonplussed. Um, so, um, I went along last night, because you know, it's like, we need new music, we need live music, I'll, I'll go along and give it a watch. Yeah. And so we started off, first of all, it's worth mentioning the 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 the, um, the, the bottom of the bill as well. Opening act was uh, a young woman called Disciple Patty. Catchy, um, d- catchy name, Disciple yeah. Patty. Disciple Patty, she's of Samoan okay. ancestry. Apparently she's related to the boys from Sully Meal. Oh, okay. Apparently, so she can, she can sing then. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yes, she can sing. Yeah, all right. I mean, she, she, I mean, th- seriously, th- th- this girl's got presence. You know, I mean, she's given herself a name like Disciple Patty. Yes. She comes on stage. She's got a four-piece horn section. Oh. Yes, exactly. Oh, nice. Who knew what they were doing? Oh, nice. Exactly. So, like, soul music, was it? Or um, we'll we'll put it this way: if if Millie Tabak has been listening to Fleetwood Mac, yes. Disciple Patty's been listening to James Brown. Oh, oh, okay, that sounds good. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, I'd never I'd never heard of her before. I was quite impressed. Good. 
So she kicked the thing the thing off. Uh, we then got Mermaidens, mm-hmm. who are uh, a Kiwi band. Who again, I saw at Laneway and thought, yeah, okay, so that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but then <laughs> clearly they've been practicing. Dur- or maybe I was just in a bad mood. Maybe, maybe I was scared. I knew what was coming. <laughs> but either that, or they've been oh, rehearsing no. really hard no. during lockdown. They were they were good. Okay, three piece uh, Kiwi band. Uh, two young women at the front, and then a young lad at the back on drums. Okay. Um, really not bad. I couldn't even tell you how to describe them, but just generic guitar pop. Not okay. bad, but there's clearly there's, there's potential. That's a name to watch. Okay. But the Beths. The Beths. The Beths. So. The Beths to last? No. <laughs> now, there is indeed an Elizabeth in the band. Is there indeed? There is okay. indeed. There is there is one Beth in the Beths. Good. So that would be uh, Elizabeth Stokes is the 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 front woman for the band, the, right. the, the lead singer. But I mean, all four of them mm. take vocal duties. They they do do some nice vocal harmonies. Um, and we're talking about sort of again, um, classic Kiwi guitar pop, done very very nicely. Great. Um, and the most enthusiastic audience I have seen. This in was Auckland Town Hall. Auckland Town yeah. Hall last night. I was in the photo pit, and as, and as they came on stage, I could feel the floor shaking underneath me. Wow! This great. was a keen audience. Fantastic. Um, and they were good fun. Great. They really were, and and a sense of fun with it. So so, so when when your girl Stokes is introducing the band, she said, and and here are the here are their chosen votes for the um, New Zealand Bird of the Year. <laughs> oh. Apparently, she's voting for the Takahe, and they got a huge round of applause. So that could be worth a okay worth worth a bet. So so you could tell they were having fun. Great, and and, and it, it did feel good. Excellent. And and one of the nice things about it was I I did notice in the audience. Dr. Susie Wiles was there. Okay. And, and I, I hope she got a free ticket. Yes. Because in a large part, it's because of her that we got to have a concert last <laughs> yeah, night. true. So she she should never have to pay for anything <laughs> no, for the rest of her true. life, that woman. She's a, a lot of respect for her. Oh, good. So, so yeah, it, it was a good night out. It so really was. You've mentioned a few names there. So, um, uh, the Beths. Yeah. Um, Disciple Patty. Yep. Sorry, the other band after Disciple uh, Patty. That would be Mermaidens. Mermaidens were good. Yeah. And also um, Millie and the Miltones. Were excellent. So that's a good few bands' names to, for us to keep an eye out over the next little while.
thing. You start to wonder, you know, do we even need to get overseas? Yeah. Acts well, back? speaking of the next little while, yes, we're is... not we're not getting overseas acts back anytime. But we are getting more musical performances because they're all from the plague zones, right? Uh, so what is actually looking ahead, well, looking ahead a bit the, on the horizon? Well, I remember, you know, back back in the you know toward the end of the before times when we were when we were doing this thing, and um, um, basically when we got to the what's coming up next bit, yeah, all we could ever talk about was who'd cancelled. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually kind of getting a bit bleak and distressing. So it's kind of nice to now have uh, announcements to make. So, um, Outer Fields is going to be um, the big festival of the year so far. Mm-hmm. It's going to be um, March the 6th. It's oh, not that far away. No, it's not, is it? In Western Springs. Oh, okay. Hence Outer Fields. Yes. Um, and you're going to hear the same few names being mentioned an awful lot over the next... Um, yeah. Several months. Yes. But we, we've got Ben A, Fat Freddy's Drop, Aldous Harding, The Beths. Yes. Lady Hawk. Um, yep. Who else is coming up? Um, Church and AP. Harper Finn. Oh, son of. I believe. Yes. yes. A Finn. A uh, They're interchangeable. <laughs> uh, so so the, that's going to be the, the big deal. It's about 12 hours of music. Okay. So that's going to be um, a really nice event. And tickets are going to sell $99 for that. So that's not bad, actually, for... For a day out like that, yeah, yeah, and I mean, and obviously all homegrown talents, yeah, fantastic, which is really cool. It's great to see this coming back. So those tickets are going to go on sale on Monday the sixteenth, and it's worth mentioning. A cryptic one came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says um, from from Brent Eccles, who's one of the big music promoters here. Yeah, he said um, on Friday, December the eleventh, Spark Arena will turn into a giant pub for one night of pub rock when five of New Zealand's best known pub rock bands will flood the stage with beer spilling anthems right and that's it okay well uh, one of the is one of those because I remember we talked um, a little while ago about a possible tour coming up around the country of an old beer spilling anthemic, anthemic band of old called uh, The Dudes. Well, they're coming soon, yes. Is that included in this I, I, I don't believe it is, no. Oh, okay. It, no, I think that's actually separate, to be separate, honest. Separate, my word. Yeah. Um, the, the the Dudes are going to be doing um, the rounds very, very shortly. Okay. But this, is, this is a separate, separate thing. thing, okay. Um, and they're the saying um, that um, the bars will come onto the Spark Arena floor, the stage might be a bit lower, the sound turned up loud enough to be the perfect tonic for the year we're having. So, well, it sounds rather inviting. Yeah, and, and there's a nice <laughs> has to be said. There's a nice gimmick here. Is slowly but surely, every few days over the next month, we'll announce announce another act, and each time we do, the ticket price goes up. That's a clever. Oh, that's that is clever. That's really really okay. clever. Okay. It says, um, so if you're smart, you'll get your word in quick. Each fresh artist announcement will have limited tickets. Have they mentioned any at all yet? Not that I know of yet. Okay. This only came out last in the last few days. Okay. Oh, that's quite clever um, marketing. Yeah, tickets went on sale yesterday, and I've not seen any, any references to an act yet. Uh, tickets go on sale for forty dollars at the moment. Okay. So that's that's a really really cool. So there's gonna be five. Five acts, and I'm fascinated to see who they're going to get. But that's a really <laughs> clever gimmick. Um, Very good. Now, one that we do know is coming. Mm-hmm. One act that has been confirmed. Um, and I, I, I say this brooking no argument whatsoever. Classic Kiwi band, Crowded House. Yes. I think even more Kiwi than they once were. Yes. I think there have been new recruits, I understand. Absolutely. From the, from the aforementioned Finn, Finn I, family. I, I, are they cloning those guys? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. So, so they're actually doing a fairly extensive tour. Harold, Napier, Nelson, Christchurch, Dunedin, Queenstown, Wellington, Palmerston North, Auckland, and New Plymouth. 
That's a good tour. It's a it's a very obviously a very very heavily North Island centric tour. Yeah. But then you know New Zealand. But yeah, that's going to be kicking off on the fourth of March. Fantastic. And this is you know Neil Finn, whose standing has, has if anything gone up, courtesy of his guest appearances with Fleetwood Mac. Uh, and that was uh, an amazing show. Yeah. So. Um, so that's wow. going to be really quite something, yeah. yeah. Now, they, they, they have released a new single called um, Whatever You Want. Um, founding members of the band Neil Finn and Nick Seymour. Um, and they're also going to have um, guitarist and singer Liam Finn and drummer Elroy. Um, Finn. Finn, absolutely, yes. So it's, it's, it's the Finn family band, it basically, is. yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Movie swiftly... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Steve. As swiftly on as is humanly possible... Um, I'm on a roll. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I mentioned Laneway earlier, right? Yes. And, and without doubt, the highlight of the day at Laneway was a, a late-drafted stand-in, mm. Marlon Williams. Okay, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, he was fantastic. Well, obviously he was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, he was always going to be. Yeah. Um, now, he's going to be doing the rounds in starting in February. Well, get your ticket for that. Oh, yes, absolutely. He's a genuine talent, that guy. Well, We've got a lot of good talent, but he's, you know, he's Well, it's he's like I was saying about Dave Dobbin before. You, you get these people who just, they just know instinctively. They're not learning. They're not having to train themselves. They just get how to be on a stage. Yeah. And Marlon Williams, he just, you know, again, he knows what he's about on yeah. stage. Yeah. He's really, really good. And he's, I mean, he's, he's doing, um, well, he's, he's doing Oamaru. Mm-hmm. He's doing uh, Fonganui. Mm-hmm. He's doing, you know, he's not, he's doing Gisborne for pity's sake. I mean, he's, you know, he's doing the rounds. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive, yeah? Um, now the one that we care about, yes, because we're, we're, we're Jaffers, is going to be the twenty seventh of March at the Hollywood Theatre in Auckland. The he, Hollywood, yes. But to be fair, to his credit, he's getting all the way down to um, ah. Invercargill, Arrowtown, Greymouth. Fantastic. That's well, you know, he was based in the South Island, I think, for quite a long time. So yes. that's that's good to see. The only Hollywood theatre I can think of is an old cinema in Auckland, but I'm not sure if it's the same one. But we'll check that out. Yeah. Okay, and great stuff. Yeah, he's got a new album out as well, coming out very shortly. Oh, good. Absolutely. I enjoyed his last one. Yes. So there's actually quite a bit happening, Steve. There's more. There's more. I'll give, I'll give you another one. Okay. Um, Villa Maria Winery. Yes. 23rd of January. Mm-hmm. We have got Bit Runger, mm-hmm. Tim Finn, mm. The Top Twins, Red Fountain. Who? <laughs> Red? Re- Reb Fountain. Oh, Reb Fountain. Oh, no, she's good, mate. She's really, okay. really good. Okay, you, you, thank you. you. You do actually want to want to hear her sing as well. Okay, fantastic. Um, this is a fantastic lineup, and this is going to be Villa Maria Winery, um, and this is going to be the 23rd of January. Well, so. I take from all this that while a lot of overseas acts are not able to visit us, we're actually doing all right. Thanks very it's, much. It's their loss at this point, isn't yes. it? Quite frankly, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. We 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 might be cast adrift on these two tiny islands out in the middle of the South Pacific, but we're in good company. We are. All right, yeah. fantastic. We, this is, I mean, we've always known this is the best place to be. This is, <laughs> it's been really this, all, all this does is confirm it. Yes. yes. So um, that's great. Well, Steve, thank you for that. Um, so I think we've covered a bit of territory today, and um, it's nice to be back. We're back. Amongst the throngs of Absolutely, our, of our yeah. audience. Absolutely, um, yes. Thanks for joining us, Steve and I. Uh, we'd obviously love to hear from you. Our website, again, is cravepodcast.com. You can email us at podcast at cravepodcast.com. You can indeed. You can catch us all over the social medias. We're um, at cravepodcast. Yep. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all those Instagram young people's things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, we're down with the kids, yeah. definitely. <laughs> 
So, until next time, I'm Simon Mercer. I'm Steve McCabe. You say it, go on. And that is what has been entertaining us for the last about six months, quite frankly. <laughs> boom, boom. Good to be back.